Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Welcome to Everyday Motherhood, the podcast that inspires you to pause, connect, and play more every single day. The podcast that's focused on you, the mom, to help you fill up your cup and rediscover the joy and love in your everyday life. We can't parent alone, and parenting is too serious to be serious all the time. Thanks for being here. My name is Christy Thomas. I am the founder and developer of PlayForLifeMoms.com. Let's jump in. Happy day after Halloween. I have a very special treat for you today. Today I have an expert on how to give back with your kids. Natalie Silverstein is amazing. She is a passionate advocate for family service, meaning family projects that give back to the community so we can raise compassionate kids who know that they have the power to make a difference. I can't wait for you to meet her. I am so excited today to have Natalie Silverstein with us. She is an author of a book called The Simple Simple Acts, The Busy Family's Guide to Giving Back. Natalie, can you say hi to everyone? Hi, everyone. Thank you so much, Christy. I'm so happy to be here with you today. Before we start talking, Natalie, we're community of moms. And so we want to know a little bit about you before we get into all your expert wisdom. Okay. Well, um, I am a mom here in New York City. We live right in Manhattan. I have an 18-year-old daughter who just started college, which is really super exciting and a little sad for us because she's far away. I have a son who's a junior in high school and a daughter who is in the sixth grade. She's 11. Fantastic. Thanks for sharing that with us. So how do you play as a family? Because that's a big part of this podcast is Absolutely. leaning into well, fun. Uh, that's so funny because you you mentioned that before we spoke, and I was like, "Wow, my kids are so big. We don't do a lot of quote unquote playing anymore." I guess, um, but certainly when uh, when they were little, we really love being outdoors. Even though we're here in Manhattan, we love going to the park. We have a little dog. We love you know walking yeah. the dog, um, riding bikes, riding scooters. Um, you know, my son and my husband love to throw a ball around together. Um, just sort of spending time outdoors because New York City can feel sort of cooped up in inside a lot. Um, my daughters are both very musical. And so uh, they love and my son to some extent, but uh, they love to go to the theater and they love to listen to music and they love to sing and dance. And uh, certainly when they were growing up, we spent a lot of time and we're so lucky. We live here in Manhattan, mm-hmm. and we're fortunate enough to be able to see live theater a lot. And so um, I'm just one of those people who I like to be a tourist in my own town. I think that people come here to New York City from all over <laughs> the world. And so why shouldn't we um, go down and take the ferry to the Statue of Liberty sometime? You know, why shouldn't we go to um, museums? And uh, why should that always only be for the tourists? So those are some of the things we like to do as a family. Unfortunately, 
Um, I'm not sure how old your kids are, Christy, but as they start to get older, they don't always want to have fun with you. That is correct. <laughs> I just, my oldest just turned 13. So we're easing yeah. into that. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so fun takes on a different tone with teenagers. Um, that said, you know, we enjoy going out to dinner together. My husband loves to watch football. And so, you know, we'll, we'll eat dinner and, and watch a game together and, um, or, go to, or go to a sporting mm-hmm. event. You know, I think anything that we can do where we're just um, laughing and spending time together is important and, um, and really staying connected in that way. You know, when they were little, it was magnetiles on the floor. And maybe uh, today it is uh, going out and arguing about which restaurant we're going to eat at, but at least, um, at least we're together. Yeah, so. and all that bantering counts. It turns Absolutely. in terms of like play science. Science says that that bantering is totally the adult form of play. Absolutely. So. And and frankly, we, we also like to travel together as a family. And even though they have grown now and my daughter's in college, um, for as long as we can until she is off with her own family, I really hope that we can vacation yeah. together because that's where you, um, I, I always find, I don't know about you, but when, when we're here at home, they would all love to have their own play dates and their own mm-hmm. friends over. When we're away together, they are each other's playmates. And so I will notice that, you know, my son and my little one will be holding hands, you know, running to the next ride or to the next thing or, or paddle boarding in the, in the water if we're lucky yep. enough to go to the beach. And I, I think that that's, there's real value in that. If there's no one else around, your friends become your siblings. Yes. And, um, and the fun, the fun that you have has to be had together. And so it's more fun to say, okay, what do you want to do now? Okay, let's go and do that. And um, so traveling is also something we're really lucky to to be able to do and something we really enjoy doing together. I love that. And I totally agree. We are um, a military family. So we've moved. My girls have lived in six states and my youngest has lived in four. And so, yeah, I totally get that. When you're stuck together, you that's right. <laughs> you have a different sort of bond and friendship between your siblings that. Yep. That those are your go to. Yep, and you get and and learning to get along. You know, I think that you know, all of these issues around, um, group dynamics and learning to get along with other people. Our siblings are our first teachers in that regard. Mm-hmm. Right. And so a, a great gift, um, for many families is, is the ability to give a child a sibling with whom they can be friends and with whom they can fight and figure out how to get along. Um, and so I think that that's, um, and letting them figure it out is really, it's right, huge, is, is right? Those soft skills <laughs> that you can't practice anywhere else right. between, Except right. for people you feel and really you will need them with. throughout your life. Yep, absolutely. That's right. And 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 I say to my kids all the time when they come home and say that someone wasn't nice to them or something didn't go their way at at school or whatever, I remind them that there there are going to be difficult people all throughout their lives, um, and they're also going to be super kind and wonderful people. And learning to get along with all of those people and learning to manage your own feelings mm-hmm. around how someone is treating you is, is the most important thing. And so it doesn't, you know, this is, this, these are life lessons, right? <laughs> totally. So you wrote an amazing book and I've gotten the privilege of reading it. And so how did your family, how did you start volunteering? 
Well, you know, um, I guess the the start, the beginning of the story is my kids were very young, and I um, really knew sort of instinctively, as I think most parents understand, that one really great way to sort of engender kindness and compassion and gratitude and to make kids sort of grounded and grateful for what they have is to help them to see other people, to understand other people's experiences, um, and that not everyone lives exactly the way that we do. I think um, that it's important to open children's eyes to different things in the world. And I think service is a great way to do that. It's, it sort of checks a lot of boxes and it also makes you feel really great, you know? And so when my kids were young, I, I was sort of flabbergasted that we live in Manhattan, which is a city of, you know, eight or nine million people with, um, you know, tremendous wealth, but also tremendous need mm-hmm. and a lot of really wonderful nonprofits that do a lot of great work to help those who, who perhaps are struggling. I couldn't really find a lot of organizations that would accept us as volunteers. I'm sure you've experienced this where the, the age limit is like 13 or 12, but then what are you going to do with your seven-year-old right, or whatever? Because you have a wide range of ages wide range, that there's exactly, six years exactly. in between my oldest and youngest. And yeah, yes, it's yes. really hard and to find places to volunteer. Yeah. And it seems a little silly because here you are, you're not suggesting you're going to drop your children off and they're going to be on their own, right? right? You're always going to be with them, monitoring them, um, teaching them, um, making, being respectful mm-hmm. of the clients or whatever. But it is, I understand, for very good mm-hmm. reasons, many organizations will say no um, to, to family volunteers. So I got frustrated in that regard. And I, I thought to myself, well, I'm going to come up with like a listing of family-friendly volunteer opportunities. Um, and I actually was on the internet looking around and I found an organization called Doing Good Together. It's um, a national nonprofit based in Minneapolis. It was started about, oh, 15 years ago. And they have a wonderful mission which is just super elegant and which is to help parents raise kids who care and contribute, which I just thought was brilliant. That is total magic right there. Yes, yes, it's perfect. And they have fantastic resources free on their website, but they were also um, sending out a family-friendly a listing of family-friendly volunteer opportunities to their community members in Minneapolis-St. Paul, to subscribers. And I was like, that's what I want to do in New York. So I reached out to the founder, and she immediately jumped on it. She's like, I've been wanting to kind of franchise this idea around the country. So I'm a volunteer for Doing Good Together. I was the first one here in New York City. And now, of course, we're you know nationwide in like eight or nine different cities. Um, and I work very closely with them. And that work has been tremendously fulfilling and meaningful for me. So I've con- Connected with nonprofit organizations, I identify these these um, family friendly volunteer opportunities. I sometimes kind of prod and poke and probe a little bit, and I say to someone, "Gee, you know, you say that this is for ages fourteen and up, but I wonder, you know, if we're really only making sandwiches, and I'm with my kids, <laughs> they're ten and, and they're ten and twelve. I wonder why I can't do. Oh, sure, of course you could bring your kids. Like, you know, it's sometimes you coax it just it out of them." You do. And I say this in the book, like, don't be discouraged. If you go on the website of an an organization and they're like, no children, but then you call and you say, well, if I bring my kids and we do X, Y, and they say, sure, of course, we'd love to have you. So um, I started to uh, do this listing for Doing Good Together. And through that work, which was so fulfilling for me personally, um, I started to be asked, you know, I was, um, different folks would ask me to come and speak to um, their church, their temple, their Girl Scout troop, uh, their brand 
rowdy troop, their school, um, about these different volunteer opportunities. Or a friend would stop me on the street and say, gee, you know, my son's bar mitzvah is coming up. Do you have any ideas of, of what he could do? I'm like, of course I have ideas. What do you mean? Like, <laughs> you should have been thinking about this for a while. So anyway, I became like the, um, you know, I became like the service lady. Yeah, I you're just the, became like the local, you're the guru lo- for this. Like, if you need right. a volunteer <laughs> opportunity for kids. Right, the kind yeah. of- The truth is the information is out there in the world. But what I was realizing and what we're getting Mm -hmm. at here is people just kind of want it handed to them on a silver platter. And I get it. Parents are very busy, multiple children, a lot of a lot of commitments, a lot of responsibilities. If someone presented this information to you and said this Saturday, there's a park cleanup for your kids from 10 to 2 and we're going to have snacks and music. And of course, you would take them. But if you didn't know that, you wouldn't go. So it's not um, easy to find yeah. It's going to be right. lost. Yeah. That's right. And, and people aren't going to spend the time Googling this and searching through their community. So I said to myself, well, I feel like there's a book opportunity here, a real, um, you know, a, a practical resource guide, super hands-on, super accessible, easy to use, things that kids could flip through themselves mm-hmm. and say, oh, gee, that's a fun idea. I could do that for my birthday party. So um, that's where the book came from. And, you know, as with everything in life with moms who are busy and, and working and, and, and managing household. It took several years for me to get this together and to find someone to publish it. And um, it was the thrill of my life uh, when Griffin House bought it and, and published it for me this year. And it's, uh, it's just been really, it's been really wonderful. I'm actually working on a proposal now for 18 version, awesome. because this book is really for families with right. children up to age 10. Right. Um, but, but as soon as the book came out, everyone was like, well, what about my teenagers? What about my mm-hmm. teenagers? I'm like, okay. <laughs> so now I'm writing, I'm hoping to write the, uh, simple acts, the busy teens guide to giving back. So stay tuned for That's that. That's Fantastic. And one of my favorite parts is the, the monthly calendar where you give ideas yes. for every single month and holidays in that month and holidays I maybe wouldn't have thought of or ideas and themes for that month, but also you recommend after every volunteering opportunity that you really take time to reflect with your kids and talk about what happened and Mm -hmm. why it mattered. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I think it's in theory, a great idea. Listen, all (laughs) the entire, the entire book is my ideas, my suggestions, my tips. The hope is that it sparks something Mm -hmm. for your family. It is not exhaustive by any stretch of the imagination. So I give you some ideas like start out before you go to do this activity with a children's Mm -hmm. book, depending on the age and the developmental, you know, age of your children, the maturity of your children. If you're, if they're very young, there are wonderful books. And again, I've listed some of them and doing good together has wonderful resources where there are great children's books that are written appropriately, that talk about social justice issues that are kind of difficult to talk about. And they're colorful. And you know, everybody loves to have a Mm -hmm. a book read to them. So start with a book, do the activity. And then as you're driving home, or wait, you go to get a Mm -hmm. snack, or you go to have dinner, you know, maybe just open up a little bit with, you know, what did everybody like about that? What maybe didn't you like? Mm -hmm. Or if you say it differently, like, what could we do for people having a similar experience? Or how could we continue to help these folks or help this organization? Let the kids sort of guide you a little bit. Um, I think that having just a moment of reflection afterwards, even if it's in the car, even if it's the next day, Mm -hmm. right, Um, depending on the age of the child, because, you know, some kids might forget entirely what you've done. It gives you an opportunity to get at the heart of why you did it. And then that's really the life 
lesson, mm-hmm. right? Doing good things. I think if it's just a part of the way that you raise your kids, this becomes sort of organic and natural for your family, which is what right. you want, right? You want kids to just sort of be naturally empathetic and compassionate and grateful and kind. Mm-hmm. And so when you're doing these things on a consistent basis, that just becomes kind of how you are. But if you talk about it a little bit, it sort of hammers the point home. And I, I always talk about it like it's drops in mm-hmm. the bucket, right? Each thing you do isn't going to be this aha moment. Right. It, it, can't, it can't be for these kids. But every single time that you do these things, and even if it's tiny little things like opening the door for the person, holding mm-hmm. the door for the person behind you, or putting a few coins in the tip jar at, at the right. coffee shop, all of these little things are sort of cumulative. It's that whole ripple effect kind of thing. And I think that it, it really does. It, it, it makes a difference in the long run. And sometimes that's hard to see in the moment. It always right? is hard to see in the moment. Like, you know, you have to wrap up the moment in order to really drive home the message. But it's not just a volunteer check for a school project. Yes. And I think we assume that the kids are thinking it like we assume that everyone's thinking the same thing that we're thinking. But I think you need to, especially with younger children, you need to articulate it. You need to say it out loud. And also that's role modeling and living your values. That is your child hearing your values, the values of your family being articulated over and over again and in the most gentle way, not beating them over the head with it. But I remember recently Mm -hmm. I was walking down the street and I said to my daughter, who's 11, I was like, gosh, I'm so grateful that it is such a beautiful day today. Right. I'm just so happy. And I'm so happy that I don't have to be in my car driving anywhere because the traffic is so terrible. Mm-hmm. And, I'm, and I said a few other things like that. And I just thought like, I'm just speaking. I'm, I'm just off the top of my head. I'm just kind of yammering on right about what I'm grateful for. But I wanted to see that I really, that's what expressing gratitude makes you feel more grateful, right? So now next time I want her to say, huh, I'm really happy that the sun is shining today. I'm really happy that we went. We were able to have time to go get that snack that I really love. Like, I, I think that these are all things that we can be doing. You're thinking it in your head, but you right. have to. You have to make sure that your kids hear you. It's really important. So that was a big reminder for me when I was reading your book. Was that piece, and it seems so simple. So we'll move on, though. What was your family's first volunteer opportunity? Like, do you have a memory wow. that you go to? Well, you know, it's funny. I I don't because I, my oldest is 18. So I, my goodness, <laughs> right. I don't remember. But I, I do have some, I have some very nice memories around and it, it must be because it's coming up this weekend, but our temple, our faith um, organization mm-hmm. has a big service day every fall. It's called Mitzvah Day. So it's a day of service when the entire community comes together and they do a really beautiful job of organizing hands-on projects for literally every age. So you can bring a toddler who can draw pictures or, or decorate or color on bags that we're going to use to put sandwiches for the homeless, et cetera. So I, for many years, was a chair, you know, one of the people organizing Mm -hmm. this. So I would be in charge of this um, uh, park cleanup event. And so I I have very, very strong memories of doing this with my husband and my baby and the, you know, carrying her in the the carrier. Uh And so, but the, so some of the funnier memories of this are, you know, going down with friends. And that's a point I really want to make is, you know, sometimes people are like, oh, my kids don't really want to do this. It's not so much fun. Everything is more fun with friends. And so if you can go out to the park and do a park cleanup with another family that with children that your kids enjoy the same ages, um, it just makes you're doing something really nice and kind and you're you're raking and you're picking up garbage and you're doing these important things for your green space. But at the end of the day, the kids are having a great time. So I have funny pictures from this. You know, one of the first times that we did it, um, my husband and I are raking and and my older daughter is raking with her friends. And then my son and his friends are jumping in the leaves that have just been right? 
So, you know, that again, it doesn't always go perfectly. It's, you know, kids, Never. kids are <laughs> and unpredictable. And, but what are the memories of that day? You know, we did something good. You know, ultimately we did do uh-huh. breaking. We put everything right. in the garbage bags. But my son had a good time with his friends. And then they yep. ended up throwing a ball together or whatever. And then we all went out for ice cream after. Those are the types of things that I think are so important. And so, you know, your focus is really play and, and how to engage with your kids in this play. Right. My book, the hope of the book is this is not punitive. This no, not like this your like, ideas were all really fun right. and simple. Like, let's draw while right. we're waiting for food at a restaurant. Exactly, exactly. This should be fun. This should be doing nice things for other people isn't like hard and it's not drudgery and it's like, ooh. you know, it should be like this really wonderful fun. Like, isn't this great that we get to do this nice thing for somebody else? And doesn't it make us feel great to do it? Um, and so one of, so some of my very early memories of doing a service with these kids is with, is through that event. Um, and we've done a number of other things where we've gone to nursing homes and, and gone around singing, you know, door to door and, um, you know, making the sandwiches and, and delivering yeah. them and all of that good stuff. And I think any opportunities like that, to, to, to engage in these very family friendly outings is, is a great way and to do it with friends. So they mm-hmm. really want to go and want to be there. Yeah. And you know, you've mentioned music a couple of times and snacks afterwards, <laughs> like make it like a party, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like snacks are the key. Come on. With your kids, you gotta have a snack. Also, if you're working not, I mean, this is so practical, right? If you're working with food, if you're at a, if you're at a soup kitchen or you're at a food pantry and you're stocking shelves at the food pantry, which is something that they will allow young children to do, mm-hmm. they're seeing food all around them. So you, right. you can't expect them to not want. So, you know, don't be like embarrassed when your kid's like, well, can I have some of that? No, that's for the folks who come to the food pantry, but mom has a snack for you in my pocket. You know, like this is just, I mean, obvious every, every parent knows this, but it's, um, but it's good to have it said out loud. So it right. feels normal when your kid is there and you're like, I have Whining, a fully right? stocked <laughs> pantry at home. I can't believe this is embarrassing. Why are you asking? Right. Exactly. Exactly. And but that's so just taking it to the time duration, you know, really understanding how your, your child's patience, their attention level, you know, you can, you can ramp this up as they get older, but you know, with toddlers or with very young children, Mm -hmm. this has got to be a pretty short duration, high impact, short duration, start with a book, do a little reflection after, and then move on. And you just build on it over and over. You know, I had a a speaking engagement recently and a young woman said, it's funny, I've been doing this kind of work with my family. My family was very involved, very service minded, but I don't remember when it started. It just was always something that we did. And I Mm -hmm. said, that's your answer right there. You always did it, even from a time when you couldn't remember doing it. And so it Mm -hmm. became a part of your your character, your personality, who you are, who your family is. I loved that. I loved that she said that. She's like, we always did it. I just don't know how it started. I'm like, yep, that's right. That's right. That's exactly what you're going for. Right. Yeah. That's amazing. Have you ever had a service project go wrong or an active volunteering? <laughs> I don't think I wrote this in the interview questions, but it seems like a good well, good question to ask. You know, I tell a story <laughs> at the beginning of the book and it's, you know, it of course everything turns out fine and what, right. yes, but I and I I stress this over and over. Kids are unpredictable and PS situations are very unpredictable. The the clients, the the people that you're working with, the recipients of your mm-hmm. your service may or may not fully appreciate 
appreciate um, what you're doing for them. And I think that that sometimes can lead to awkward situations. Um, but yes, yeah, certainly I've, I've made, I was, you know, it's funny, one of the subtitles of the book was going to be sort of like the trials and tribulations of trying to raise compassionate kids, because there have been a lot of fails. And I yeah. own them and I acknowledge them. It still doesn't mean that they weren't worthwhile. But um, I'm reminded right. of a time that, you know, a friend of mine and I, and I tell the story in the book with, with our, my, our youngest children, her son and my daughter were just babies. They were four or five years old. And we decided that this pile of birthday gifts was really just gross and that there were so many duplicative presents, you know, that, you know, that arts and crafts kit, you get four mm -hmm. of those, right? So we, we made arrangements through the local um, Jewish Federation to do a visit to a to an after-school program at an under-resourced school downtown. We went down there with a bag of toys that we had gone through with our children and Whoops. decided that these were things that they were comfortable sharing, et cetera. But we said to the woman at the place, we're going to give you these and you're going to stick them in the closet for when you have a need for a child who perhaps is celebrating a birthday whose parents mm -hmm. don't have. Okay. So we're going to stick the present. This isn't about the presents. We're going to have a great time. We're going to draw and, and sing and have a nice visit together. Mm -hmm. And then you'll deal with the gifts later on your own time. Mm -hmm. Well, we had such a beautiful time and the kids were so engaged with our kids and we were having so much fun that this woman <laughs> went rogue and said, let's give out the presents right now. And I was like, oh, boy, that's not going to go well because, of uh. course, it's a bag of toys that are all different and, and who wants what. And my daughter sees something that she didn't realize she had agreed to give away and she still wanted mm -hmm. and there were tears. It was a tiny bit of a disaster. So what started out as a really wonderful outing got a little messy and traumatic. And, of course, we had to have a conversation with our kids on the ride home about this. But, yes, even best laid plans, things go off yep. the rails. It doesn't mean it wasn't worthwhile. It doesn't mean it right. wasn't a good thing. And P.S. Your kids are going to get over it. <laughs> yeah. You know, the homeless person on the street that your child is trying to be kind to who starts shouting at them because they have some mental right. health issues. These are life lessons um, and they're important. And we shouldn't shy away from this work yep. because it puts us sometimes in an uncomfortable position. Absolutely. I have a experience with that with some of my kids where we've, you know, packaged up bags of things to give to the homeless people, but then it wasn't received as we right. expected it. Right. And we're like, wow, okay. Yeah. Like, yeah. Or you, you this right. Is my just son, what happens. My son goes out yeah. with his youth group and they do something called Midnight Run where they have sweatshirts and socks and sandwiches. Yeah. And the people will come up to what they have and they'll say, well, do you have this? You don't have, exactly. you have this in a different color. And they're like, <laughs> no, this is what we have. But, you know, just because someone is living on the street doesn't mean they yep. should just kind of take that. They don't have exactly. Yeah. And so yep, they still have. But I, again, I think these are wonderful lessons for, for everyone of just like how to interact with other people, how to handle difficult situations. Mm -hmm. um, it's not going to always be perfect, but it's always, always worthwhile. Excellent. Do you have. Now that a mom's listened to us and we've shared some good moments and some real life moments <laughs> right. where things didn't go as planned. And she's like, okay, I want to do something simple. I want to start doing more so my kids feel like this is just something that we always do. Right. Do you have a really good first project 
that you could suggest, Natalie? Sure. Yeah. I mean, listen, uh, I like to quote Arthur Ashe, who said, you know, start where you are, do what you can, use what you have, do what you can, right? So if your kids are very small or even still have an infant or something, there's there's probably not a lot that you can do in terms of direct service, hands-on service. That being said, the book is full of these kind of kitchen table kindness activities, I call them. And as you mentioned earlier, you know, if your kids are sitting and waiting for a meal to be served or waiting for dessert or waiting for someone to clean up after them, and there's a stack of colorful paper and crayons right there next to them, um, or if they're drawing anyway with a play date, mm-hmm. for example, you know, kids come over to my house all the time and they end up drawing or painting or whatever. Whatever they're already doing, try to incorporate something kind in that. So they can be drawing some pictures. You can package those up and send them to uh, Color a Smile, which is this organization that sends pictures and cards to, to folks mm-hmm. who need a smile. Or to, um, you know, you, they can decorate a card and then you can write the message and send those to Cards for Hospitalized Kids, which is an yep. actual thing, you know. Um, That's amazing. So there are things that, you know, little, little children can be drawing or doing handprint pictures or drawing on placemats, for example. Um, if you have a Meals on Wheels program in your community, which every community pretty much does, they will take cards for birthdays. They will take um, place paper placemats that your children have decorated. And again, you might need to direct them a little. You might need to download right. um, a printable off the internet, which there are thousands of them. Uh, our active duty military, for example, yeah. I absolutely love Operation Gratitude, you know, Soldiers Angels, who which accepts um, Valentine's. You know, so for, yes, so and I'll pause coming. you there yeah. for a second. With the Operation Gratitude, my family is an active duty family. And we've gotten packages like that. And our sailors have gotten, we've sent them for halfway nights on the submarine. And it makes a big difference to get... A oh, personalized note. 100%. We've, we've done so much work in that space, and then we've received notes back. And it, I mean, it's just so gratifying, right? You know, anything that you can do. The Halloween candy. Listen, Halloween is next week. One of my favorite projects in the world is taking our quote-unquote extra candy. Yes, <laughs> I'm all about this one. With, with um, you know, with again, with positive notes, with encouraging mm-hmm. notes, with notes of thanks and gratitude, and sending those off to Operation Gratitude. I collect all of our um, paperbacks, and there's a, an organization called Operation Paperback. So, you know, again, there are things that you're, you and your kids can be doing that you're already doing. Um, or if you're planning a birthday party, you know, as you mentioned, I have a whole chapter in there about, you know, your, your party, your, your child's party should be all about them, right? Every kid deserves whatever they want, whatever is reasonable for your family mm-hmm. on their birthday. But could you be incorporating some little act of kindness? If you're doing an arts and crafts project, can that be based around, you know, a donation? If you're baking, could you bake extra and give those to the the fire department or the local police station? You know, just these little ways to say to your child, this is your special day. How would you like to share it with the world and um, or with those in need? And I think that, you know, the book is full of those types of ideas. Mm-hmm. I don't think you have to change the world. I don't think you have to spend a whole day. You don't have to fly around the planet um, to make a difference. You can start right in your own community and do something really small and special and impactful and just stick with it and be consistent and just tell your kids, this is how we this is how we operate Um moving forward. And I think, I think it starts to really make an impact. And then as they get older, you will be able to find these nice moments to work at the soup kitchen or the food pantry or the homeless outreach. And you mm-hmm. should absolutely do those things or do those things around holidays, Thanksgiving and, and Christmas, et cetera. But there are lots and lots of ways throughout the year that you can just insert a little bit of kindness into your day. Yeah. I love it. I love this idea of just 
reframing this kindness and giving back as like a kitchen table opportunity and just one small moment that's simple. Like we're already all donating books all the time and getting rid of stuff. Or that stack of kids' artwork that you don't right. know what to do with. You can just right. write notes on it and then repurpose Send it. it. Off. Absolutely. Even when you're going through your closets at the change of seasons, and, and mm-hmm. you know everyone is doing this anyway, engage your kids in this process and say, gee, you know, we're going to go through our coats and see who's outgrown these coats. Is there no one else in our family that can use this coat? We're going to donate these coats to Goodwill or to another organization. Right. We're all going to we're going to bundle these up and we're going to go and do that together as a family. I think parents end up doing Doing it. I'll just do it. You know, I'll just clean out the right. closet myself. Why don't we talk to our kids about why we're donating to Goodwill? Why? Who is it that might use mm-hmm. these coats and why they might need them? And is this something that you're going to wear anymore? Or do you think we might be able to give it to somebody who can enjoy it um, outside of our family? So, you yeah. know, I, I just think it's it's being mindful. At the end of the right. day, it's keeping sort of an open heart and an open mind and open eyes and ears um, mm-hmm. to all of the possibilities. And there are literally countless possibilities in your day if you're aware of them if you just kind right. of keep an open heart and mind to them it's so nice to know that like in your examples that all these little things is what's really gonna help raise kids that want to give back right. and are compassionate right I, that it's not the big hurrah moments. I mean, those are great, but... I, I would argue that kids don't remember those big hurrah moments as much as they remember the things that are done on a consistent basis, your family traditions around the holidays that mm-hmm. you do every single year. Those are the things that they take with them into into their adulthood. And, you know, as we know, children who volunteer are more likely to do so as adults, and kids who volunteer with their families are twice as likely to do so as adults. So this is you know, it's, it's from generation to generation, this is going to bear fruit. Um, and so a kind, compassionate person who knows it's important to volunteer is going to then raise their own children in that way. Yeah. That's the ultimate domino. That's forward. it. That's it. So where can we find you online? If we want to get a copy of your book, is it available Absolutely. on Amazon and Barnes and Noble sure and is. all the normal places? Yep, it sure is. Yep. And I have a website. It's simple. Okay. Simpleaxeguide.com. Simpleaxeguide.com. Yep. Simpleaxeguide.com. Fantastic. And then if they want to, you do work with doinggoodtogether.org. Yes, org, which is a wonderful resource. It's got tons of things that you can download um, and lists of books to read with your kids. Most of, almost like 99% of the resources are free. So I would highly encourage you to look on that website as well. Yeah. And, you know, a good picture book on a hard issue is good for every age. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that you start there. So if you have, um, do you have any ideas of how you take care of yourself? Because in order to give to others, you also have to take care of you. So do you have like a self-care act that you do? You know, it's funny, you mentioned this before uh, we started, and I was thinking about it. And it's uh, one of the things that I know this is going to sound crazy and hokey. I'm like trying to hook in my book again, but uh, <laughs> it's okay. Um, I, I celebrated a 50th birthday over the summer, and I decided about a month and a half or so beforehand, I thought, well, what can I do to sort of approach this milestone birthday with joy and gratitude and not be like sad and depressed about this kind of, you know, it seems yeah, like a big, right. big There's deal. a big cultural shift. Yeah. Sure. And I decided 
decided to kind of change the narrative around it. And instead of being like sad about it, I decided to do an act of kindness or service every single day for the 50 days leading up to my 50th birthday. And I asked friends to give me suggestions on what those might be organizations that I'm not familiar with, things that they care about, um, you know, nonprofits, whatever it is. I got yeah. some incredible ideas. I learned about a lot of new nonprofits that I was really interested in. I'm, I'm still, it's still bearing fruit. I'm still right. doing hands on service in this regard or perhaps sending a small financial donation if I really believed in the in the mission. But at the end of the day, I, I realized that doing stuff for other people, putting good stuff out into the world, being, you know, sharing and then sharing the stories with everyone mm -hmm. made me feel so great about celebrating my birthday. So I think a self-care thing for me selfishly is, you know, even when I'm feeling like a little bit blue, I reach yeah. out to a friend that I haven't spoken to in a while and tell them that I'm thinking of them. And then their yeah. response to me is always like, oh my gosh, I was just thinking about you. I miss you so much. When are we going to get coffee? And then that makes me feel better, even though I'm the one that Absolutely. Them. So I'm a, just a big believer in, um, you know, supporting each other and, and making yourself feel better by doing, doing nice yeah. things for other people. That, that always just fills my cup. And so I know that seems sort of silly and, and yes, absolutely doing yoga and, and meditation yeah. and going for a walk or going for a run. Those are such important yeah. things and eating well and, and resting and all of that good stuff. But I just, I just love connecting with other people. And if me sending out a text or an email to a friend I haven't spoken to a while in a while, um, and then their response back to me, just, that just makes me feel that makes me feel I think that's a great act of self-care <laughs> and service, but I mean, but both, right? Like, it takes effort and a reminder to reach out. Right. And we're all so busy. So Right. And I, I think I think friendships fill our cup, right? Friend I mean, human mm -hmm. connection is isn't this what we're talking about totally? This totally. We just want connection is the glue. Yeah. <laughs> and if, if we can connect with the people we care about, or even, you know, if someone we don't know very well, but we have a nice exchange, you know, the other right. day I was in a, I was in a nail salon having my nails done and I got into this really wonderful conversation with the woman next to me who could not have been more, um, outgoing and kind hearted. And she told me she had lost her grandmother recently. And I, I mean, we just had this beautiful right. connection. I will never see this woman again. And exactly. I left, there, I left there just feeling so light in my spirit and in my heart. And I was just so glad that the world, the universe had put this woman uh -huh. next to me and that we had had this lovely conversation. And people are so often attached to their you know, staring at their own navel, uh -huh. looking at their phone, not, not looking people in the eye, not mm -hmm. smiling. I, I think if we all just open ourselves up to that a little bit more, it just make us feel better make the world a little bit kinder and gentler. I love that. <laughs> I think this is a great act of self-care. So that's fantastic. Do you have any simple ideas that you, uh, do you have any play ideas as a family or a simple sure. activity for that? Yeah, okay. I do a little a, a little thing in the book that I talk about um, this. We've talked a little bit about this idea mm -hmm. of, of uh, park cleanup, but you know, if you are looking for a way to engage kids in in talking about the environment and, and keeping our our green spaces clean, and you invite a couple of other families with young kids, you say we're all going to go out to the park, but what we're going to do first is we're going to bring some gloves because that's important, and some garbage bags, mm -hmm. and we're going to have a little game. And we're going to maybe we'll read a book first, depending on the age of the kids. And we're going to all take these gloves and these garbage bags and we're going to have a little family competition. You know, which family can collect the most <laughs> garbage? You know, let the kids run around. Kids love a competition. They love to run around and do this sort of thing. And we're going to time it. 
you know, this is not yeah. all day. This is like exactly. going to do 15 minutes and your family's going to go over there and your family's going to go over there and we're all going to clean up this area of the park. And then when we're finished, we're going to kick the ball around. We're going to have a picnic. We're going to play some music, whatever it's going to be. Um, I love that idea. I have done that, you know, as I mentioned with, with this piece yeah. that we've done and it really does. It gets people engaged and, and it also makes the adults in the group sort of reminds them that this is stuff that you can be doing, you know, kind of yeah. anytime. We're here having a great time at the park. Right. We would have been here anyway. We would have been um, having a picnic and kicking the ball around. Right. But if we start off with this nice little thing and then we talk about it a little bit with the kids after and we say, this is our responsibility to take to keep this green space clean because we want to enjoy it and we want everyone else to be able to enjoy it as okay. well. Um, I think that that's just it a great. It changes it. Yes. Yeah, it sure does. That's fantastic. I really, really like that. You are just so fun to talk to and you have so many good ideas. Thanks, Christy. I am so thankful that you took the time to write this book so that everyone else can, um, who can't talk to you, because I'm lucky, <laughs> <laughs> um, everyone else can read your amazing ideas. So, so I can't wait for your teen book. Thank you. Me too. I'm excited about writing it. <laughs> Thank you for coming on and please go check out Natalie's website and go get a copy of her book. Thank you so much, Christy. Have a great day. If you're looking for a village, an inspiration, a community to help you feel like you can lean into fun and motherhood, don't forget to go check out www.play4lifemoms.com. And consider signing up for our monthly text messages. We send about 15 to 16 text messages a month that focus on self-care and pausing to connect and play. Now go have a great day. And since you made it all the way to the end of the episode, I want to offer you a very special deal. If you email me before November 15th, I will give you the special code for my birthday discount and you can join with an annual plan with a discounted rate. And this is the only time that I offer a sale like this. So don't forget, go email me for that discount code before November 15th. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.